This is Take Note, a podcast about keeping a notebook and paying attention. I am Adam. I'm here with my buddy Ted. It's pe- it's peppermint tea season. It's peppermint tea season all year long, my man. <laughs> Trader Joe's peppermint tea. I'll let I'll let the listeners of the podcast know it's the only peppermint tea. It's available for about a month, and uh, you probably want to buy about twenty boxes. That's what I do stock- every year. You got a stockpile approach. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. As soon as these, I'm I'm almost at the end of the line. <laughs> Which to me, almost, that's just good planning. That means that's right. Mission accomplished. That's right. I expect them out any week. I'll buy twenty more boxes. <laughs> so and in, then what I will do is I will make sure <laughs> that I use any remaining tea bags <laughs> purchased in November of twenty twenty two before I move on to the November twenty twenty three purchase. What if you yep. had the same twelve, oh, like twentieth box? It had just been seven years in a row. You actually only needed nineteen boxes, and so every <laughs> the, and you just every time you got to finished up nineteen, the new the new shipment to Trader Joe's, not to your home, arrives. And every single year, it's the same twentieth box. The twentieth box. That's uh, the the new indie film. <laughs> uh, animated indie film uh, I'm working on with Wes Anderson. Last year, uh, I'm eager to see it. Last year, we, uh, we, <laughs> I don't think my <laughs> wife wants any part of this. So last year, mission. I bought, last year, I also bought three jars of blue cheese stuffed olives because they only have those available at uh, the holidays too. And we have gone through one jar of blue cheese stuffed olives. <laughs> The third jar. Um, That's my sequel. That's right. The third jar. (laughs) So uh, what are you stockpiling, Ted? Um, What am I? uh, Okay. Well, I'm not. This is sort of the the opposite of stockpiling. I did. I had my spinal tap moment. Um, You you remember that scene from This Is Spinal Tap, the mockumentary, where they order. That was a mockumentary? (laughs) They order a. uh, I did have, you know, coworkers like, what's Spinal Tap? And you're like, oh, okay, office movie night. Um, you know, where they order up a Stonehenge sculpture, and then in the middle of their rock concert, it descends from the ceiling, and it uh, it's minuscule. It, like, goes up to their shins, and they get all upset. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, they show the napkin, and the lady says, well, it's right here, 12 inches you're not 12 feet. It's supposed to be 12 feet. We're 12 inches. Um, so I ordered uh, on the office dime some Claire Fontaine notebooks. Wanted some nice, you know, size of a compos- classic composition notebook. Yep. The nice paper, but it's the office. They're affordable. No, I'm not going to raise any eyebrows. Well, uh, come to pass that uh, one of our office manager folks who receives shipments rings up my coworker. Oh, I uh, got your um got a package here for you. Uh and we were, you know, we were expecting some, you know, additional office supplies. Oh, okay. She goes down. Yeah, it's uh, I put it in the mail slot. She's like thinking mail slot. How did notebooks get in the mail? Oh. Picks up it takes the package. <laughs> Tiny. Look, she she this is her. I'm not here at this point. They look at each other and they just start laughing immediately. Uh, she brings a package upstairs to our office. She says, uh, Ted, um, I got your notebooks. 
She held them up, set of three. She fans them out in one hand. They were about the size of a, of a classic playing card each. Three, <laughs> They're like... three tiny little notebooks that I had very carefully selected from some website or another and sent to the person ordering office supplies and was very happy that I was going to have these nice Clairefontaine notebooks to work in at work. And alas, it was three of a kind. That's hilarious. Yeah. Are they like an inch shorter than a... Yeah. They, um, than a field notes? 70% of the size of a field notes yeah. notebook. So I'm looking at my wife. I'm looking right now at my wife's. She's got a Leutch term that's that size that she uses as a business calendar. It's a hardcover Leutch term that's four, four inches, four and a half inches by a little less than three inches. I can see it for, yeah, I, I, you know, out of stubbornness, I, uh, well, it's become a great, it's become a great punchline piece. Someone's like, did we get those notebooks in the world? And then I, I come around, <laughs> I, I walk over and I hide them behind them and then I reveal them and it's a, it's a huge hit. How many did you order? Set of three. Okay. Set of three. Scary. You didn't order a set of three for everyone in the department. No, no, just my, this was my selfish, you know, nobody else cares what they're writing on. <laughs> Uh, only me being weird about it. Um, and it my, really back my, my, uh, my collaboration with Wes Anderson is called, uh, well, it was called the tiny notebook, but, uh, <laughs> but then we just, we decided to change the name to asteroid city. I did stubbornly attempt to take one of my tiny notebooks to a meeting and take actual meeting notes. And it, I think How'd I got, go? I think I got through 22 pages, I'm going to say. <laughs> And then, That's you know, great. what I like to do is at work, I'm a little chaotic. I like to tear the pages out of whatever I'm writing. And I have a lot of loose leaf, kind of nice loose leaf paper. I'm just very, I'm, I'm form agnostic. I'll write on whatever and put it on a kind of an ongoing stack. Well, I took these notes uh, in this little tiny notebook, you know, 22 pages of notes, and then carefully <laughs> kind of ripped them out and then stapled them at the corner and threw them down on this stack of notes and it was like ding like little you know bloop. like a coaster on top of a coffee table book was <laughs> that's how my stack looked wasn't pretty what kind of vibes are you giving off at the uh at the office there you're giving off like uh i mean you're giving off chaotic vibes I mean, I get, someone definitely said to me the other day, like, well, you got a lot going on there. I think I had, I had notes. I had a folder full of notes. Then I had the sheet I was writing on. Then I had my phone on the desk, maybe like a, maybe multiple pens. Might have been a pencil sharpener in there somewhere. Uh, I think, uh, I think if I'm anybody. Sticking the ripping out, the ripping the paper out. Well, my desk's my desk's pretty messy right now, but uh, yeah. ripping paper out of notebooks after you've used it, you sound it's like if you were a Street Fighter Two character, it would be Blanca, I think. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to Wolf, say Blanca, the one who. Yeah, you're gonna have to describe. Yeah. It. I don't have them memorized. Well, he's like a he's like a green wolfish type, I think, but I don't know if he's actually. Yeah. green. he might be yellow. No, green green wolfish. It was on my uh, it was on my annual performance evaluation last year. <laughs> yeah. I just, when you said ripping the paper out yeah. of the thing, I, I if, began to imagine okay. Blanca. Some people can, uh, let some me, people confuse him with Baraka. 
Okay. He's not Baraka. Yeah. That's somebody else. I could see the I could see the confusion. Yeah. Uh, if anybody deigned to pay any attention to my practices, which I I am one hundred percent sure that nobody around me gives an absolute crapola of what I do with my at my desk or with my time, which is absolutely fine. They would probably think, wow, that's a lot of different kinds of paper. And also they would think, wow, he's writing a lot while working on the computer when presumably the the computer <laughs> has, you know, one would replace the other. To no, which no, I no, would respond. You violently ripped the word processor out of the computer. <laughs> to which I would respond. There's a there's a book from like the late eighties or the early nineties that was about You're not sure because you ripped the copyright page <laughs> out of it. <laughs> It is about, it's like famous in some circles. So I, I was reading some article that cited it. So I went and read, sort of read it. And it's about how people use paper and computers and technology and what the, you know, and yes, it was outdated, but the the thesis was like most people use some combination of paper depending on what they're working on and how they're interacting with it. And certain things are conducive to computer and certain things are, conducive to paper but most people use both so i i embrace that i'm like i like to take handwritten notes even if i'm like working on a document on the computer yeah. so that 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 to me i mean i embrace the chaos of my approach and i i really try not to like judge myself about it anymore and goodness knows i've been through a gajillion different iterations of whatever but uh now i just i ride the lightning uh, right, lightning. Sorry. Yeah. Um, is that if is anyone that how asks Baraka, you, that might be how Baraka. That's Blanca. Finishes, that's Blanca. Blanca finishes off yeah. their opponent. Probably. Yeah. Um, Baraka turns out a Mortal Kombat character. I think it's understandable that I mix up the names. Um, not yeah. unforgivable, but understandable. <laughs> I, I, if anyone asks you about what you're doing with the paper and the computer and the ripping the pages out. Do you have a cork board in your office that you can take them to with like lots of different documents connected by string? Yeah. That's that is the that's probably what an outside um evaluator would see when they look at my de- like it's the effect is not dissimilar. No, I'm sure And if that's you not were to case. watch me work I'm sure we're exaggerating for no, comedic. Effect. If you were to watch me work, you would you would see a person moving piece, lots of pieces of paper around in different configurations in the same small space to n- to no immediately apparent purpose whatsoever. A beautiful mind. I call that a beautiful yeah. mind. There you go. Um, something amazing happened to me today, and I wrote about it in my notebook, which just because this is a station podcast, I'll just say I'm still using that Birch book, um, the new Field Notes Birch book the white off-white thing, and the pen I've been using is the Vision Uniball Elite. Nice. Um, anyway, I wrote this down in my notebook. Uh, guy at the Genius Bar. I don't think they call them Genius Bars anymore. Hmm. Guy at the Genius Bar told me he had... So I, I got... We, we were waiting around, waiting for software to load on the iPad, and uh, it was getting a little awkward. We were just standing there. So I was like... Uh, What's what's the dumbest thing anybody's ever asked you here? <laughs> and he couldn't come up with a great dumb one. But then he told me, he's like, there's this. It's not dumb exactly. He said uh, there, a woman had come in with an iPhone in the worst shape he had ever seen. 
um, and they were having a hard time getting it working again. And this woman brought out her tarot cards and started using her tarot cards to fix the phone. And when that didn't work, she brought out crystals mm. to fix the, the phone in the store. Uh, she also started spinning herself around in circles, like doing a little hippie dance mm. um, for quite some time. And he said, um, multiple families left. <laughs> That's gold. And then I said, Ted, let's do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this must, I must share this with the world. Uh, I, would, yeah. I would like to see sort of what the physical layout of her work was like. Tarot cards <laughs> around the phone, crystals <laughs> atop the phone. I don't, you know, my, even before I'd heard that story, I kind of felt like we're all crowded at this desk that they use for support issues. Um, I didn't even want to sit down at the desk because there's just there's some phones there and then you've got your broken stuff and they bring in their working stuff to fix your broken stuff um and they, i'm surprised yes. you even had the opportunity to sit down i, I imagine I a down. standing a standing work desk kind of situation but no for some reason they're encouraging people to sit down there are stools i think if you sit down maybe you can like push yourself in and so you're not blocking the aisle but uh but i wasn't into that i just stood i I have never taken something in into that sort of setting to have it worked on. Well, what do you do when something doesn't work? Uh, I don't know now that you mention it, but I did that seems like a store to me. And like why would you go into a store? I don't know. What what's wrong with you? That's what I'm asking. What's wrong? I, what's the yeah, I mean, I don't know. They I couldn't fix it. They couldn't fix it over the phone. Could they fix so it? So I got right on bringing it in. Yeah, they we got it fixed. It? It's all working. Yeah. So the crystals worked, is what you're telling. Well, the uh, yeah yeah I assume I assume that the lady left. They did not. They fixed. I don't know if I should answer you seriously or not. No. My machine was fixed. the The lady's phone, I think, was. Too Imagine far gone. the cleanup after that is enjoyable. Yeah. Like, sorry, it doesn't work. Has to sort of sweep all the cards. Does she sweep the cards and the crystals in one big sweep into her large carpet bag? Or is it like a one-by-one one pickup? I mean, talk about awkward. She's I wonder like, if she's picking up her tarot. Her... She's picking up her tarot cards one-by-one, one, putting and she's While she's doing this, she says to the genius guy, what's the, uh, what's the weirdest uh, thing you've ever, ever seen in here? <laughs> <laughs> Hand me that one. Yeah, good, thank you. She's going like, yeah. She's picking up the devil, the tower, the star, and, and then she's just hit uh, me the star there, genius. Applying for a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you did you, did you were you writing stuff in your notebook in the Apple Store? Well, he told me that, and I, and then he walked away, and I pulled my notebook out, so excited I dropped it on the floor twice, <laughs> and then scribbled it down. You know, because I I mean I did say um, at first when he hesitated on the question, I was like, you don't have to say anything if like it's. If it makes it like I don't want to cause any trouble for you, you know. Cause He's like, like, no, no. I've been studying improv comedy for the last ten years. I've been, <laughs> li I've been waiting for someone to ask me a question like this. Well, I know that the like the the situations there are, are like somewhat scripted. I remember reading an article years ago that said they're not allowed to say unfortunately. <laughs> they have to say as it happens. So <laughs> shades of as the it recent, happens, there uh, is a woman with tarot cards. <laughs> shades of the recent. Evan Osno's article about uh, about current day China. 
There's As it happens, Ted, I have been <laughs> reading Essayism by Brian Dillon, but I just said that that means, unfortunately, not unfortunate at all. I've written a book by the Irish writer Brian Dillon called Essayism. It is a series of short essays about essays, and it is filled with uh, delightful nuggets like this one. Quote, as if I were packing my suitcase like Didion, I list all the things I want to put in an essay. I treat the essay as a container. And that is from the essay called On Lists in Essayism. And then and, uh, and there's that, a quote. That implies that he was happy with the result of creating an essay in that fashion, I imagine. I think so. I think huh, so. I like as it. As it happens. Um, <laughs> and then there's this quote from Adorno, Theodore Adorno, who... Um, uh, who wrote, the point of the essay is to make the transitory eternal. And then just a little bit of, uh, a little bit of uh, transparency here. I couldn't remember what the word transitory meant exactly. So I looked it up. It means non-permanent. So it's to make the non-permanent eternal. Um, and that's the point of the essay. And there's just lots of little like nuggets like that that, I mean, I don't know what exactly what they add up to, but yeah. they're really good for writing down in the notebook. If I, if I could create my own job, uh, reasonable pay, good benefits, but just for whatever I defined it to be, uh, if pitching coach was to, or pitching uh, batting practice pitcher, if that was taken, okay. uh, second choice would be guy who just. Spends all his time talking about essays and like yeah. what you could do with an essay and what an essay is. So well, let me this is let me tell you. Goal. I think you'd love Brian Dillon's essayism. It sounds like I would, based on what you've presented thus far. Uh, it sounds like I really would. Well, I'm gonna stop while I'm ahead then. I took an essay course in call in graduate school with Sarah Levine very good writer um who recently appeared at a book launch event with fellow uh alum of the school of the art institute graduate writing program lindsey hunter who's become like a famous writer amazing writer uh she's got a new book coming out can't remember the I know, title i think of they it. were i think they were in chicago maybe she was with uh sarah levine in chicago i believe that's that, somewhere else no i think that's right yeah definitely saw that i mean i didn't go to it but i did saw that that was happening and i was excited yes um so that's i like to uh talk about the famous writers um that went to school with me and she's one of them um but sarah levine is very much an expert on the essay form and it's man it's fun uh any other any other highlights you were going to spin out from I think I do. I might have one more, but I will. It's, Lindsay Hunter's book is called Hot Springs Drive. Perfect. And um, it is. It was. It was in the news. She was one of the first authors announced for Roxanne Gay's new imprint. That's right. That's yeah. right. Very cool. I'm excited to read her. Her writing is. You cannot read it without feeling, something and intensity and weirdness and grossness and it's awesome stuff she's amazing and a very nice i do not have movie. any other i do not have any other quotes from essayism here i don't think but i do have some uh just random thoughts in here including this one made me really happy today 
Uh, my teenage son Logan knows that Blockbuster was a video store, but we 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 dove into it a bit, and we have no idea why he knows that Blockbuster <laughs> is a video store because he's too young to know it. And I always like to, you know, like when they when they know some quote from a movie, but they've never seen the movie. It's because like there were references to it in a cartoon or something like that. I always love trying to get to the bottom of where this, how this knowledge seeps into us. When it, is it that he has forgotten where he heard it? Is that the crux of it? Who knows that it's just? Who knows? Yeah, it was flo- floating somewhere, and it's not like he knows exactly. There's yeah, exactly. There's talk of uh, his math teacher last year may have made a reference to it nice but he's pretty sure he knew of it beforehand <laughs> but who can say right how or why and i just love that yes um the way that i guess culture like soaks in somehow yeah my you know? the, the the small version of that that i think of is my my son likes the simpsons and he'll throw Simpsons episodes on but of course he's got the full library at his disposal and he started cracking jokes and I have realized that in my mind I'm like I'm a Simpsons guy I know the Simpsons like this is great you're carrying on the legacy what I realize is I know the first seven seasons of the Simpsons and there are 18 more 19 more uh, that I that are totally foreign to me. So my son, like this guys that I'm that he's somehow watching what I watched is not even uh, at all accurate. But his favorite uh, Homer Simpson quote so far is "sucker." <laughs> yeah. So you're thinking there are about twenty three, twenty four, twenty five seasons of The Simpsons? Are there thirty five or there thirty eight? Yeah, it's like thirty five. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, so my, my, it's like, I got the softball episode, and he's leaving me in the dust. So even my perception of what is old school, it's actually not, it's like new, it's crazy. Since we've somehow found our way to talk about um, time and culture, this weekend I did two things that I hadn't done in about 20 years. And I, and I realized it in the moment, sort of. So first, I went and saw Maria Bamford's stand-up set. And it had been about 20 years since I saw her in um, Boston on the Comedians of Comedy tour. Um, and laughed my ass off. And heard that she was, like, it's still this amazing stand-up. Heard on Marin. Marin is always singing her praises. And so I'd been keeping an eye on when she was coming to town and uh, encouraged some people. We all went in a big group, got tickets, went and saw Maria Bamford. And then, um, you know, I, I was like, you know, people like, oh, you're a big fan. I was like, you know, you saw her 20 years ago and loved it. <laughs> um, and just, you know, heard she was good again. But then I can't believe 20 years passed. And she came on stage and, like, you know, this was 20 years had passed. It was just, you know, it was, like, remarkable. And it was, like, I felt myself, you know, I realized that 20 years had passed for me, too, as I, you know, as I saw the 20 years passed for her. Uh, she's She is fantastic. She's just... Um, she is an artist who sets a high bar. She is not making easy jokes, right? Yeah. Um, but she is hilarious, and uh, and she finds a way. She uses voices, yeah. and she finds a way to tell 
to find punchlines from different points of view so she can just like let just like joke after joke after joke about these serious things but also to take um other people's point of view into consideration it's really good do you are you do you know her I'm I'm familiar probably from 15 years ago. I've ne- I've never seen her live. Um I've just yeah. seen, you know, the the general smattering. I I what I I love that you went to see her. I think I think there's there's an art to like or, or not an art but there's a there's an experience of being in a, in a room and someone's commanding attention and they're doing it over you know a much longer time span than what we typically endure these days so like she's got you for an hour and how is she gonna you know command that time and take you through ups and downs and all this stuff i think that's wonderful i we've been going to see more stand-up we saw ron funches and then there's a in my village there's like a like a local there's a set once a month in this music club in my village that we go to and you know even when it is not like somebody top-notch like Funches or like Bamford it is still just excellent way to 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 spend your time to be in a room to laugh with other people yeah um and to to pay attention um and then so the other thing that I did this weekend was Wilco played a um not exactly a secret show but a tiny show in Chicago at a club called Metro and um have famous, you ever been to the that's metro a famous club right i think i've been there yeah once or twice so so i managed to get tickets they sold out in a minute and i just got lucky right. and so i went to metro to see my favorite band in a tiny club awesome. and um what as i walked in like i realized it had been 23 years since i'd been to the metro uh-huh. um and like don't need to go back i'm too old for it you know it's like a club (laughs) with no seats and not great uh eye lines i ended up with i ended up great like at first i had to do a little like i had to do like a little mantra when i couldn't see anything like it's okay i just i don't need to see it i'm happy to hear it i'm lucky i'm lucky to be here at all i'm lucky to be here is exactly what i was thinking never have even gotten those tickets i did a good job talking myself down and i knew I, i did i was not overreacting but i did have to just be like don't doesn't matter yeah you can hear it and you're here well and then i don't mean to see, pry, the, the but... issue is that two people in front of me so uh yeah. it, there's horrible uh the sight lines there but well, was uh it but cra- i did, it must did have been crowded play. yes yeah yeah it's it seats about a thousand it doesn't seat anybody there is <laughs> it fill, it holds about a thousand people and um uh yeah yeah, yeah. it was it's just it's kind of rough yeah it was good kind of very hot on the ground floor there's a balcony without much room and you can't really see anything from there but within a few songs um i i had my eyeline and also actually i I was almost like uh practicing like a just positivity and acceptance and everything yeah. because um all the dingbats with their phones filming the concert that they were not watching that yeah. they were filming uh which really usually well, they, gets to me i mean they couldn't see the actual concert so they had to well the they could, but I was able to see the concert too because I just at first would just watch it on their phone, <laughs> so, so I could see it. Um, I really was. I was like, oh, you know, normally this bothers me, but this works. And, yeah. I, and then you know, it's, it, as it always happens in those shows, but it's, it's hard to remember when it's been twenty three years. You know, people shift around a little bit, and all of a sudden oh, sure. you can see everything. Sure, I had a great time. I mean, I was having a great time before. I was 
I was just feeling lucky that I was there. Well, did it um, feel different? The, did the smallness of the of the place like make you feel like a unique Wilco show to the, all the others you've been to? No, I don't think so. Right. Yeah, uh, but I think that's because Wilco puts on such a great show. They're really regardless. good. Yeah, they're really good. I was very close, and that was very cool. And it was really cool to be in a venue that was filled with diehard Wilco fans. Yeah. And so the guy standing right in front of me who was frustrated at anyone having any conversation at all during <laughs> any of the songs and who let me and my buddy, uh, <laughs> one-time co-host Kugler, know that we needed to stop talking um, and also just shot looks at lots of other people. Um you know instead of pointing out to him that he was also blocking our view by viewing the show i didn't say any of that because i was at times i needed the video i uh but i did i told myself i was lucky and i told myself that if he said one more thing to me that i might just try to point out to him how lucky he was to be at this show and that when you're going to metro that is a show where people are we're literally standing at the bar because that's how close it is you're at the bar or you're at the railing um and uh you know some people might speak you know it's yeah, it's yeah. gonna be okay it's a different sort of show some people um might speak. yeah <laughs> hmm. but uh but no they, they put on such a good show that it's like yeah. that it wasn't tremendously different um but it was i mean i did when i could see them which was most of the show i did realize like how what a cool kind of view i had of them That's i was awesome. close but i was also above and i was really able to like um watch the musicianship of Pat and Glenn mostly. I couldn't see Michael much at all. And then if I shifted a bit, I could see Nels rocking out. Um, and, you know, I saw Jeff too, but uh, Jeff, well, Jeff is like doing a lot of like showmanship stuff. At times I could see him and it was cool. Um, Jeff's got two hip replacements on the way. And so I think <laughs> he, he made it clear that he was uh, very happy to see us all and um, excited for the tour to be over. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I flash back to, I think it was Seattle Wilco show, you know, 10, 12 years ago, where it was in like a, a beautiful hall, like beautiful, but only seats. And, you know, we were pretty close up. Um, and it was the kind of seats where it was probably, you know, they were probably pretty low, whatever. So, like, yeah. I remember there was, in in your sitting, and you're kind of like, well, I'm at like a rock show, yeah. But I guess everyone's sitting, so I'll just sit and enjoy myself. And then there was like the two people, one of whom, of course, is like six four, who are just so moved, you know, in the second row, like three songs in to stand up and start dancing. And of are course, you everybody right those behind. people. What? What do you feel? Are you? Do you think they should sit? Well, <laughs> I mean, if everybody's sitting and it's like, you know, a classy place where you can't even, even if you stand up, you can, it's not like you can like dance. You're like, you know, someone's right in front of you and you're literally blocking people's views who you know to be sitting. And I, I, I think the only, I, I think that person has some kind of God complex where they think like, if I stand up and dance that... That that will be the one thing that uh, that unlocks all these other inhibited people, and they'll realize that they too can stand up and dance, and then we'll all have a great time. Like I think that's probably what was in their head, 
But what really happened was like two tall people just stood up and blo- immediately blocked like 16 people's view of the show that they were. Because I think everybody's resolved to sit if it's a sitting venue. And if they didn't want everyone to sit, they would book a different venue. But I don't well, know. It's all I, I, you're awkward. not going to be surprised to <laughs> to hear that I disagree. <laughs> um, I don't think I could. I mean, that's not true. I could and probably have sat at a Wilco show, but this is what this is where I come down on it. I've I don't sat think with the band is. A, I have sat with you at a Wilco show. Did we sit in Houston? We were very far away, so it was a non-issue. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I said I, I think I probably have sat at a Wilco show, but um, I would never be upset with someone standing at the Wilco show. I think, and what, this is I, where. <laughs> go ahead. I think what I enjoyed most was some people got upset. Not me. I wasn't upset. Uh, but I think some people did the thing of where you're behind all of them, and so you can see like the people's view getting blocked. You can see them like getting annoyed and like looking yeah. at each other. And there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful human drama in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I, I, but here's what I think. I, so I'm gonna reject the idea that the band wouldn't book that venue if they didn't want people to sit. The band's gonna book whatever venue they can book. Sure. Um, and I would definitely be telling myself, and I think I would be right, I, I would be asking myself, does Wilco mind if I stand? No, they do not. Sure. Would Wilco probably rather me stand? Yes. I think that band definitely want. and I would say most bands, but I feel like I could, yeah. I could speak for Wilco on this. They want their fans engaged. And uh, I'm a singer at these shows. I sing along to the Wilco songs. Mm. And it, yeah. Um, and it <laughs> it gives me so much relief the multiple times during the show when Jeff encourages people to sing along. Oh, it's Because I sing along above and beyond those points. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I do think it's like a communal event. And oh, if yeah. as a group we have to block the view of the other <laughs> half of the group, you know, that's fine with me. <laughs> Let's do this again next week, Adam. What do you say? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Somebody's blocking my view. <laughs> uh, check us out on the internet at takenote.space. Lots of links over there to our Patreon, to our newsletter. Sign up through uh, through the uh, the uh, the uh, <laughs> Substack over there. Everything starts with an S these days. <laughs> um, yeah, follow on. You can send us an email. Appreciate the emails we've gotten. Love to hear from you uh, at uh, takenotecentral at gmail.com. Or you can comment on one of the uh, posts over there at the website at takenote.space. Love to hear from you. Uh, what's your take on, on concerts and people at concerts? It's a lot. It's, there's a lot of, ch- it's charged. It's a lot. It's, it's charged. a charged issue. It's a charged setting, I would say. Uh, people are saying they do not want to sit behind me at a concert. Yeah. Uh, and they don't want you to talk. They'd prefer if you didn't. If you sat. I mean, I'd prefer if I didn't talk, too. But you don't... <laughs> God forbid, I caught up with a friend for a second. <laughs> well, telling, During a telling new song, you know? Dan to stop talking, I, yeah. that's cruel and unusual punishment for him, I'd argue. Uh, well, in the meantime, take care. <laughs>